welcome back to the podcast and I'm your host Dia. Um, I'm actually releasing a YouTube video this Sunday that is titled What Arrival Taught Us and by that I'm referring to the 2016 sci-fi film and in the video I basically explored three major themes that stood out to me from the film which were curiosity versus fear, unity versus separation, and last but certainly not least, love versus loss. So if you want to check out that video when it's released this Sunday, you just have to look up Dia Jin on YouTube. But for today's episode, I wanted to choose one of these themes and I wanted to talk about and take a deeper dive into the connectedness or rather the boundedness between love and loss. Before we dive deeper, I will be quoting quite a bit from the book written by Francis Weller called The Edge, oh sorry, called The Wild Edge of Sorrow. So I just want to credit him before we start. I would like you to contemplate this question for a minute. If you have just met a lover and were given a glimpse into your future, and you saw that this new exciting love would end someday. But with so many great days and adventures in between, would you still proceed with this relationship? Now, of course, this question can be applied to a variety of relational dynamics, but it goes without saying that there is a direct correlation between how deeply we experience a connection and how profound the loss and grief when that connection ends. And I think that Depending on your culture and your society, there's a great deal of romanticizing the good feelings, the better feelings, you know, that we all experience, such as joy, happiness, excitement, love, satisfaction, fulfillment. But we might be more likely to shy away from experiences such as loss, loss of love, of connection, of disappointment, and at the end of the spectrum, grief in its stickiest expression, an ending that is permanent and takes with it all of the hopes and possibilities a story once held for us. And funnily enough, we embrace these good feelings so much, but I personally feel that they're essentially two sides of the same coin. So if we choose these positive emotions, we inevitably put ourselves in the possibility of the so-called negative ones that we might shy away from. But this is the full terrain of living, which includes the entire spectrum of human desires and emotions. I think that even when we are ecstatic about a brand new possibility, therein lies the inevitable other side of this coin, which is that whatever thing we're feeling optimistic about, the thing that's causing our physical body to produce feel-good endorphins, might someday be the thing that also triggers a sense of sorrow and despair. So we tread carefully, weighing out the risk and reward. Anytime we put ourselves out there, anytime we are vulnerable and open to a thing, whether it's starting a business, a new job, a new relationship, parenthood, etc., And even when we're not consciously aware of this boundedness between love and loss all of the time, it is always lingering in the subconscious or unconscious parts of our psyche. And these fears can play themselves out in a multitude of ways. I'll throw in a personal anecdote here. 
As a young child, I left my home country and basically 99% of my family and moved to a foreign country. And after that initial move, my mom and I then moved or relocated four more times until at the age of 15 when we finally settled in Los Angeles. And I believe due to the impermanence of my home and social environment, one of my adapted defense mechanisms is to quickly let things go or quickly let people go. Sometimes I find myself grieving for things that haven't yet ended. And it's kind of like an emotional training for when the pain does come. And you can probably see how this can cause a lot of issues within relationships. I learned to jump to loss before I've even had the chance to fully choose love. And sometimes I find my feet are always straddled between the lines of is this forever or will this end someday? I also often question the stability of my intimate and closest relationships, almost as if in preparation for the inevitable heartache and loss. But as I've grown to have this awareness and this pattern and tendency, I try my best to check in with myself often and make sure I'm not jumping the gun and constantly questioning everything or catastrophizing worst case scenarios. Through many relationships I've had, I've come to learn that there was never an ending I would have traded for no beginning at all. No matter how painful or heartbreaking the loss was. And through every disappointment, every diminishing connection, or the dissolution of love, I have always found such treasure through the heartaches. There was always a lesson that brought me closer to myself and a refinement of what love means to me. And this refinement and redefining of what love means to me has always been a more exp- in a more expansive nature rather than constrictive. But we're also afraid of these feelings of loss, sorrow, and grief. And even at funerals, people try their best to not let their emotions show. When in fact, the thing that most connect all of us to one another is this pain. And here's another quote by Francis Weller. At the heart of every spiritual tradition, we find the teachings of compassion. Through the gate of compassion, we're invited to enter the wider conversation with all life. Compassion binds us with all things through the shared encounter with suffering. Compassion, derived from the Latin compati, meaning to suffer with. It is through our experience with loss, sorrow, and pain that we deepen our connection with one another and enter the commons of the soul. The commons of the soul. And I believe the commons of the soul has the capacity and elasticity to sit with and even to embrace every human emotion. The allowance of ourselves to experience grief, to even ritualize grief, is also an act of honoring what was. And by allowing our hearts to crack wide open, we also allow the light to eventually find its way back in. By honoring what was lost, we acknowledge the deep and transformative love that existed and that still exists within each of us. Valeria Krauss wrote, Love is more than a feeling. Love is a form of sweet labor. Fierce, bloody, imperfect, and life-giving. A choice we make over and over again. If love is sweet labor, love can be taught, modeled, and practiced. This labor engages all our emotions. 
Joy is the gift of love. Grief is the price of love. Anger protects that which is loved. And when we think we have reached our limit, wonder is the act that returns us to love. And I feel, I believe that the experiences of love and loss together has taught us resilience. And resilience is one of the most precious human qualities. Since birth until our last breath, we are tested and challenged. And we often fall down literally and metaphorically. And yet we keep getting back up. We choose to start all over, again and again. And I have the most deep reverence for a resilient nature. To be tempted to become hardened by life's obstacles. To be tempted to throw our hands up and scream never again, yet only to soften once more and open our hearts and say to the world, here I am still. I would like to give this another go. The gift of resilience brings us back to hope, to wonder, and to trust. And to know that no matter how hard we fell down, it's always worth it to get back up again. And there can be a turning point in which we crawl back up from the rubble and the mud with the help of our loved ones and community, from our own bravery and self-love, of course with time and with patience. And once again, we soften and warm up to the unknown and impermanent quality of living, and we rewrite the story and narrative. As much as people want to claim that they are unchangeable, I believe the very essence of humanity is changeability. That this quality is embedded into our DNA. But what we need to call upon is our own individual willingness. And it is our very ability to mutate and change that inspires movement and evolution for us to find a more aligned future. So as a simple practice, I'd like us to find some time to sit quietly and contemplate. Have a loving dialogue with yourself. Think about a thing that was once so precious to you and no longer is. By whatever nature the loss happened. And remember all the adventure, the ups and downs. A love that was so vibrant and vivid, now a muted daydream. Perhaps a quiet longing or a constant grief. And to honor all those experiences this love brought you. To honor the sorrow that it no longer is and send it all of your love. Send yourself some love for being so courageous. Send gratitude to all the lessons it taught you and still are teaching you. The moments that brought you to the heavens and the moments that brought you to your knees. Let's honor all of it because this is the human experience. This is why we're here. No one knows what happens after, but I hope that we all get to do our damn best to live a life that is filled with reverence and gratitude simply for the fact that it happened and that we were here. Some days love and grief may taste the same, like honey or bitter medicine, and both are necessary and delightful ingredients. And again, I'm going to be quoting Frances Weller here. The old stories... Crafted in a mixture of childhood wounds and societal fictions, slowly yield to something more generous, elastic, and responsive to the life of the soul. We begin to experience a more vivid complexity that takes us out of the either-or world of adolescence and into the alchemy of our adult selves. 
Here, in this more ripened place, we can see how much more we can hold, tasting both the sweet and the bitter, the beautiful and the painful, all in the same moment. Everything we avoided for the sake of living in safety yields to a desire to encounter it all. We slowly recognize that no emotion is foreign to the soul, and every one of them can be welcomed as they arrive at the door. We gradually become able to embrace the full terrain of living. And if you are currently experiencing loss, pain, or grief, I want you to know that you're not alone. And even though grief may never leave you, it might someday loosen its grip and become a sweet companion you learn to dance with, to sit with, to hold both in sorrow and in reverence. And I want to share a final quote in this episode. How do we let go of sunsets and making love, pomegranates and walks on the bluff, and yet we must. We must release the entire fantastic world with one last breath. I will miss this world. What seemed like an eternity to the child is quickly making its way toward the time to leave. It is a short ride, a wild journey filled with every imaginable joy and sorrow. There is a feeling of melancholy that settles over me as I write these words, an anticipatory grief for the time when I will not be greeting the dawn. I have no idea what happens after we die, but I am reasonably sure that this sensuous encounter with heat and cold, with brilliant sunlight and the silvery light of the moon will be absent, and that brings me to grief. It is a sweet grief, bittersweet as they say, and I am resolved to this circumstance. If it were not so, I doubt we would see this life for the wonder that it is. So... That is yet another beautiful quote by Francis Weller. If you're interested, um, I just finished reading his book, The Wild Edge of Sorrow, and I truly enjoyed it. And I think that to experience this bittersweet grief means that we have also tasted the sweetest love. And it is a beautiful human thing to love what death can touch. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please take a very quick moment to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcast or simply share it with a friend or a loved one who might also appreciate the content. If you do want to get on the modern pen pal list where we dive into topics like this one but in the format of letters right into your inbox, please just visit penpals.herewithdia.com. And you can also find us on Instagram at paths underscore back to you. Um, if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, email them to me at pathsbacktoyou at gmail.com. Thank you again for being here and I wish you all well. I'll talk to you in the next episode.